We hope you enjoy this message from Matt Bruce, recorded at Equippers Church Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com. So exciting to be in Movie March. Um, I've been excited for this moment. It's going to be a, a great moment um, because I get to preach through the greatest film of all time. The greatest film of all time. And that is not my personal opinion. That is uh, off the opinion of IMDb. So it's number one film of all time. It has stood the test of time. Sits right on top. And that is Shawshank Redemption. The Shawshank Redemption. Um, just out of interest, who, who studied this in English in high school? Yeah, half the room. Come on. That's where I fell in love with this film. I had a brilliant teacher called Mrs. Hurst, and she um, <laughs> took us through this incredible, incredible film. So it's a real privilege to be able to talk through it tonight. And um, the general gist of the film is that it's a story about a banker named Andy, um, and he's just been, he gets charged with the, the double murder of, um, of his wife and her lover despite his claims of innocence. So quite a, quite a plot line. And uh, over the following two decades, we watch how he, he becomes friends with another prisoner called Red. And uh, the film is centered around uh, the friendship, the freedom and hope of these two prisoners, Red and Andy. And what I love about this film is that it really gives a renewed sense of hope a renewed sense of hope for freedom. And I'm declaring tonight by faith that we're all gonna leave with a greater freedom than we entered. There's gonna be hope in our hearts. Uh, yeah, I'm just believing it's gonna be incredible. Um, so the first clip we're gonna watch tonight, a little bit of context for you. So uh, Andy's just been charged with the double murder and he's, he's um, entered into Shawshank Prison pretty intense place and he's trying to fit into prison and the reality of what that looks like and we're going to a clip where he meets Red who's going to become his friend for the first time. Let's watch how the interaction plays out. Andy kept pretty much to himself at first. I guess he had a lot on his mind trying to adapt to life on the inside. Wasn't until a month went by that he finally opened his mouth to say more than two words to somebody. As it turned out, that somebody was me. I'm Andy Dufresne. Wife killing banker. Why'd you do it? I didn't, since you asked. <laughs> you can fit right in. Everybody in here is innocent, and you know that? Hey, what you in here for? Didn't do it. Rumor has it you're a real cold fish. You think you're sweeter than most. Is that right? What do you think? I'll tell you the truth. I had made up my mind. <laughs> I understand you're a man that knows how to get things. I'm known to locate certain things from time to time. I wonder if you might get me a rock hammer. A what? A rock hammer. What is it and why? What do you care? Well, if it was a toothbrush, I wouldn't ask questions. I'd just quote a price. But then a toothbrush is a non-lethal object, isn't it? Fair enough. Rock hammer is about six or seven inches long. Looks like a miniature pickaxe. Pickaxe? For rocks. Rocks. Quartz? Quartz. Some mica. Shale, 
Limestone. So? So I'm a rock hound. At least I was in my old life. I'd like to be again on a limited basis. Or maybe you'd like to sink your toe into somebody's skull. No, sir. No, I have no enemies here. No? Wait a while. Word gets around. The sisters have taken quite a liking to you. Especially Boggs. I don't suppose it would help any if I explained to them I'm not homosexual. Neither are they. They have to be human first. They don't qualify. Bull queers take by force. It's all they want or understand. But if I were you, I'd grow eyes in the back of my head. Thanks for the advice. Well, that's free. You understand my concern. Well, if there's any trouble, I won't use the rock hammer, OK? Then I'd guess you want to escape. Tunnel under the wall, maybe. <laughs> I missed something here. It was funny. You understand when you see the rock hammer. What's an item like this usually to go for? Seven dollars in any rock and gem shop. My normal markup's 20%. But this is a specialty item. Risk goes up, price goes up. It's making it even 10 bucks. And it is. Waste of money, if you ask me. Why is that? Uh, folks around this joint love surprise inspections. They find it, you're gonna lose it. They do catch you with it, you don't know me. You mentioned my name, we'd never do business again. Not for shoelaces or a stick of gum. Now, you got that? I understand. Thank you, Mr. Uh... Brett. Name's Red. Red. Why do they call you that? Maybe it's because I'm Irish. I could see why some of the boys took him for snobby. He had a quiet way about him. A walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around here. He strolled, like a man in a park without a care or a worry in the world. Like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say I liked Andy from the start. Awesome. So we've just watched the first interaction of Andy and Red. And um, Andy leaves quite an impression on Red. Um, just from this first quick interaction, and um, I love what Red says. He says, I could see why some of the boys took him for snobby. He had a quiet way about himself, a walk and talk that just wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in a park without a care or worry in the world, like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. I love that, the observation that Red makes, because Andy's different. He's really different, and whilst most trudge around their dirt courtyard, he walks around like it's a park. And Red observes something really interesting about Andy. He says, it's like he had an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. In the scriptures in Isaiah 61, 10, it says this, it says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. I love that, that Red sees it. See, you may have heard that Andy said he didn't commit the murder of his wife and her lover. 
and I have to do a wee spoiler alert because I just have to, we later learn that he's in fact telling the truth. He is innocent. He didn't commit the crime. And being wrongly sent to prison is a pretty big thing, right? And that's one of the first challenges that Andy faces. Um, Yet it doesn't defeat him. Instead, he clothes himself with the garment that will protect him from that which will try to wear him down while he's in prison. He clothes himself with that salvation. Hey, I'm wrongly sent in here. There's a salvation on the way for me. He clothes himself with that hope. This evening, we're gonna watch um, as Andy attempts to keep this hope alive in a place where there is no hope to be found, where there's people like the group, like the sisters, who just go and abuse people out of no real meaning, right? It's a horrible place to be, and it's a tough prison to be in. And we're gonna watch how Andy tries to keep this hope alive. And we're gonna watch how resilient he is. So the next clip we're gonna watch um, is actually the opposite. It's, it's the effect of a crushed hope. The effect of a crushed hope. And we're gonna meet an old prisoner named Brooks. And uh, Brooks has just had his parole granted, but he's so fearful about leaving prison because he's turned into what they call an institutionalized man. He's so fearful to leave. So we're gonna watch uh, yeah, what this looks like to have walk and live with a crushed hope. I just don't understand what happened in there. That's all. Old man's crazy as a rat in a tin shit house is what. Oh, hey, well, that's enough out of you. I already had you in your pants. you. Would you knock it off? Brooks ain't no bug. He's just... He's just institutionalized. Institutionalized my ass. The man's been in here 50 years, Hayward. 50 years. This is all he knows. In here, he's an important man. He's an educated man. Outside, he's nothing. Just a used-up con with arthritis in both hands. Probably couldn't get a library card if he tried. You know what I'm trying to say? Fred, I do believe you're talking out of your ass. You believe whatever you want, Floyd. But I'm telling you, these walls are funny. First you hate them, then you get used to them. Enough time passes, you get so you depend on them. That's institutionalized. You can never get like that. Oh, yeah? Say that when you've been here as long as Brooks has. They send you here for life. That's exactly what they take. The parole board got me into this halfway house called The Brewer and a job bagging groceries at the foodway. It's hard work, and I try to keep up, but my hands hurt most of the time. Make sure your man double bags. Last time he didn't double bag, and the bottom near came out. Make sure you double bag, like the lady says, understand? I have trouble sleeping at night. I have bad dreams, like I'm falling. I wake up scared. Sometimes it takes me a while to remember where I am. Maybe I should get me a gun and rob the foodway so they'd send me home. I could shoot the manager while I was at it, sort of like a, a bonus. I guess I'm too old for that sort of nonsense anymore. I don't like it here. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I've decided not to stay. Pretty heavy clip. 
to witness someone um, who has that crushed hope. And when he says, I've decided not to stay, you can probably read into that or what that means. And it just gets to Brooks and he can't keep going. And Brooks stands in direct contrast to Andy. We've just met Andy, new to prison. Brooks has been in there for 50 years. And he's just gotten out as well. Andy's been tested a little while in prison. Brooks has been through it all. 50 years of being worn down. Andy has hope. Brooks is fearful of tomorrow. Can't sleep. Andy has on his coat of protection, but Brooks is institutionalized. And that institutionalization leads to Brooks getting taken out because Brooks can't see a hope for tomorrow. Really sad. What is institutionalization? You may be asking. It's quite a big word. And Red describes it like this. He says, I'm telling you, these walls are funny. At first you hate them. Then you get used to them. Enough time passes, you come to depend on them. You come to depend on them. Do you know that there's an enemy? You're probably well aware that there's an enemy out there, and his goal in life is to institutionalize us, to institutionalize us, to take our hope, and he does this either through something being done to us or something being done by us. Sin against us or sin by us has the potential to distance our heart from hope. You see, sin done by us is funny. At first you hate it, then you get used to it, Enough time passes, you come to depend on it. You see, no one sets out to be an alcoholic, to be a drug addict, to be addicted to negativity, to be adulterous. It happens because the enemy wants to lead you off a path that leads you off that path that leads to life. To entrap you in a self-medicating behavior, to numb yourself from the pain of disappointment. Man, that's what I just got doubt in life. That which was small grew into something that has institutionalized you and robbed you of hope. For others, you may feel institutionalized because of something that someone did to you. A sin committed against you, a circumstance that rocked you. Sadly, we do live in a fallen world. We do live in a fallen world, and therefore bad things do happen. Storms are experienced. It's a matter, it's a fact of life. For some, that experience may have been having a parent die early or leave. It may have been something that a kid or teacher said to you at school that has left you hurt and paralyzed. Can't face tomorrow. Don't believe in yourself. It could have been that you were abused verbally or physically. It could have been that someone violated your feeling of safety when they broke into your home and stole your belongings. So many things in life can leave us institutionalized. We believe we've moved on from the moment, but the moment's still in us, and it's leading to fear instead of hope. But there's good news. There's great news. There's great news. Jesus is here to win your hope and freedom back. That's why Jesus came. He is a healer, a redeemer, a deliverer. And his game plan is to walk with you each and every day until hope's back on the table for you. He just deposits it every day. Every day I'm gonna deposit a little bit of hope to break that institutionalization off your life. My favorite scripture is John 10.10. 10. One of my favorites, let's not lie. One of my favorite scriptures is John 10.10. 10. It's out there and made my top three. And it is the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I love that scripture. Red says, they send you here for life, and that's exactly what they take. It sounds like the first part of the scripture, but Andy says, no, no, nah. <laughs> not at all. There's a different story for me. 
Come on, there's a different way. I'm gonna live with hope. I'm putting on my garment of salvation. I'm putting on my garment of righteousness and I'm gonna walk ahead. I'm gonna walk ahead. We get the privilege now of watching how Andy continues to keep hope in his heart. And he's been trying to um, get new books for the, the prison library. So Andy gets to be in charge of the prison, prison library. Huge privilege. And he really wants new books because they haven't had new books in Yonks. And everyone's saying, you'll never get them. But he goes, I will. So he starts writing letters to the state to get funding for books in the prison. And we're going to watch this scene uh, that, that follows this. But is that cool? Awesome. What have you done to me? I'll tell you that. Tell this. You tell me if they're all addressed to you. I take it. Dear Mr. Dufresne, in response to your repeated inquiries, the state has allocated the enclosed funds for your library project. This is $200. In addition, the library district has generously responded with a charitable donation of used books and sundries. We trust this will fill your needs. We now consider the matter closed. Please stop sending us letters. I want all this cleared up before the warden gets back. Yes, sir. Good for you, Andy. Wow. It only took six years. From now on, I'll write two letters a week instead of one. Uh, I believe you're crazy enough. Now, you better get all this stuff out of here like the captain said. Now, I'm going to go pinch a loaf. When I come back, this is all gone, all right?
no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. The truth is, I don't want to know. Some things are best left unsaid. I like to think they were singing about something so beautiful it can't be expressed in words and makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. It was like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made those walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. It pissed the warden off something awful. Open the door. Open it up! The frame, open this door! Turn that off! I am warning you, Dufresne, turn that off! Two weeks in the hole for that little stunt. On your feet. Hey, look who's here. Maestro. And you, you couldn't play something good, huh? And Hank Williams or something? They broke the door down before I could take requests. Was it worth it? <laughs> Two weeks in the hole? Easiest time I ever did. Shit. There's no such thing as easy time in the hole. That's right. A week in the hole is like a year. Damn straight. I'm Mr. Mozart to keep me company. <laughs> So they let you tote that record player down there, huh? He's in here. In, in here. That's the beauty of music. They can't get that from you. Haven't you ever felt that way about music? Well, I played the main harmonica as a younger man. Lost interest in it, though. Didn't make much sense in here. Here's where it makes the most sense. You need it so you don't forget. Forget? Forget that there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone, that there's a, there's something inside that they can't get to, that they, they can't touch. It's yours. What are you talking about? Tell you something, my friend. Hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It's got no use on the inside. You better get used to that idea. Like Brooks did. Powerful scene, eh? Really powerful scene. I love it. Every single time when I was doing it in the office, it was blasting. I thought, people are going to think I'm real weird. Just got real hard on my opera all of a sudden. <laughs> but I love this scene because um, Andy displays shares and gives voice to hope in the entire prison through music. It's a moment of real victory where 
where there's, there's breakthrough of hope into to that environment. And I love um, what Red says, I have no idea to this day what those two Italian ladies were singing about. Truth is, I don't want to know. I would like to think they were singing about something that was so beautiful it can't be expressed in words, and it makes your heart ache because of it. I tell you, those voices soared higher and farther than anybody in a gray place dares to dream. It's like some beautiful bird flapped into our drab little cage and made these walls dissolve away. And for the briefest of moments, every last man at Shawshank felt free. (laughs) What a great narrative for that moment where there just would have been the noise of people yelling at each other, kicking of dust, throwing of a ball, and all of a sudden this hope breaks into this environment and it just causes them all to stop and just look and wonder. I love it. And what I love is that Andy learns to not only wear his coat of protection to serve himself, but he learns his hope, his influence over his friends. He starts out with this coat of protection. That's great for him, but he realizes, hey, I have a mission. I have a purpose, and that's to share hope in this place, to birth hope in this place. And I love Andy's line there like, how was your time in the hole? Which is like a confinement where there's a little slit of light. He's like, easiest time I ever did. (laughs) Because the music was in here and in here. And I can't get that from you. And this really challenges Red, as we saw. And he's like, I used to play the harmonica, but it didn't make much sense in here. I used to hope, but it didn't make much sense in here. And I love what Andy says, here is where it makes the most sense. Here's where it makes the most sense. You need it so you don't forget. Forget that there are places in the world that aren't made out of stone, that there's something inside that they can't get to, they can't touch. It's yours. What are you talking about? Hope. Isn't it true? Sometimes it's easiest to have hope in environments where it's hopeful. But where you need it the most is where there's no hope. That's where you need it the most. And I love how Andy can stick to it and say, you can't get that. Put me in a hole all you want. You can't get there. I love that scene where he looks at him and he turns up the knob. Like, ha I got you, mate. We're getting this thing cranking for the last 10 seconds before I get beaten and taken to the hole. <laughs> it's worth it. Do you know that Jesus has deposited hope into each and every one of us? And that hope is wanting to lead you into that life that's abundant. In the message version in Hebrews 6, 18 to 20, it says this, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let it go. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right to the very presence of God where Jesus running on ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as high priest in the order of Melchizedek. In the NIV version, it says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. So good. Come on, though we walk through the valley, I shall fear no evil. Scar's with me. They can't get that. Devil, you can change my circumstance, but you can't change my internal being. Come on, I have hope on the inside. Doesn't matter what you're trying to institutionalize me with, I have hope. Hope is the anthem of my soul. Try to get that. Come on, let's cling to hope. Don't let institutionalization rob you and steal your life. Between this clip and the next we're about to watch, um, Andy is just confronted time and time again um, by things that try to steal his anchor of hope and institutionalize him. He goes through um, so many, like, he gets abused so many times by the sisters. He um, 
gets put in the hole multiple times. He, uh, he gets, someone comes in and it looks like he's gonna get free. There's information that's gonna lead to his freedom, but the warden shuts it down and shoots the guy so that the testimony goes away so he doesn't get free because he's too precious in the prison system because he's helping with their bookwork. <laughs> but so many things come at him and, and it's actually got to the stage in the film where, where the, the prisoners are really worried about Andy. Red's really worried about him. Seems like uh, he's been crushed, that he hasn't got much hope left. And um, where we join the film um, is where there's a discussion between Andy and Red, and we're going to watch how that plays out. I think you'll ever get out of here. Me? Yeah. One day, when I got a long white beard and two or three marbles rolling around upstairs, they let me out. Tell you where I'd go. To Watton Hill. To what? To Watton Hill. It's in Mexico. A little place on the Pacific Ocean. You know what the Mexicans say about the Pacific? No. They say it has no memory. That's where I want to live the rest of my life. Warm place with no memory. Open up a little hotel. Right on the beach. Buy some worthless old boat and fix it up new. Take my guests out. Charter fishing. Say what the nail. Place like that, I could use a man that knows how to get things. I don't think I could make it on the outside, Andy. I've been in here most of my life. I'm an institutional man now. It's like Brooks was. Well, you underestimate yourself. I don't think so. I mean, in here, I'm the guy who can get things for you, sure, but outside, all you need is the yellow pages. Hell, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Pacific Ocean? Yeah. That'd scare me to death, something that big. Not me. I didn't shoot my wife, and I didn't shoot her lover. Whatever mistakes I made, I paid for them, and then some. That hotel, that boat, I don't think that's too much to ask. I don't think you ought to be doing this to yourself, Andy. This is your pipe dreams. I mean, Mexico is way to hell down there, and you're in here, and that's the way it is. Yeah, right. That's the way it is. It's down there and I'm in here. I guess it comes down to a simple choice, really. Get busy living. You get busy dying. Andy. Fred. If you ever get out of here, do me a favor. Sure, Andy. 
Timothy. There's a big hayfield up near Buxton. You know where Buxton is? There's a lot of hayfields up there. One in particular. It's got a long rock wall with a big oak tree at the north end. It's like something out of a Robert Frost poem. It's where I asked my wife to marry me. I went there for a picnic and made love under that oak and I asked and she said yes. Promise me, Red. If you ever get out, find that spot. At the base of that wall, you'll find a rock that has no earthly business in a main hayfield. A piece of black volcanic glass. Buried under it, I want you to have. What end? What's buried under there? You'll have to pry it up. I love that in this moment, um, <laughs> that great quote, get busy living or get busy dying. Great quote. Um, but I love that in this moment, even in Andy's most desperate state, that you might not be able to understand because you haven't seen all those things that have beaten him down, but he's in a really desperate state. He still shares hope still plants future hope in red. Hey, I, I don't know if I'm going to get out, but if, if you ever get out, um, hey, here's an assignment. <laughs> here's something to do. Here, here's something to hope for. I mean, it's a really great moment. Um, and I love how uh, red says, I'm an institutional man now. And, and Andy says, you underestimate yourself. <laughs> Come on, tonight, maybe you're in here and you're feeling like you're an institutional man. Come on, you underestimate yourself. Jesus wants to tell a better story with your life. I'm not going to speak much between this and the last clip because there's a goodie in the last one. But shortly after this clip we just watched, um, Andy gets out. I'm not going to show you how he gets out because it's so good and you need to watch it yourself if you have not. And I didn't want to spoil everything about the film. But Andy gets out and, uh, and Red really misses his friend, really misses his friend. And he's getting quite desperate. But anyways, after a while, he, um, he gets his um, parole granted. I think it's about 30 years in prison by then. He gets his parole granted, 30 or 40 years. And we're about to watch if Red Bull respond like Brooks did. Let's watch. There's a harsh truth to face. No way I'm going to make it on the outside. All I do anymore is think of ways to break my parole. So maybe they'd send me back. Terrible thing to live in fear. Brooks Adeline knew it. Knew it all too well. All I want is to be back where things make sense. Where I won't have to be afraid all the time. Only one thing stops me. A promise I made to Andy.
Dear Red, if you're reading this, you've gotten out. And if you've come this far, maybe you're willing to come a little further. You remember the name of the town, don't you? Zewataneo. I could use a good man to help me get my project on wheels. I'll keep an eye out for you and the chessboard ready. Remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well. Your friend, Andy. living or get busy dying that's goddamn right for the second time in my life i'm guilty of committing a crime a role violation of course i doubt they'll toss up any roadblocks for that not for an old crook like me Fort Hancock, Texas, please. I find I'm so excited I can barely sit still or hold a thought in my head. I think it's the excitement only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. So good. I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. What a transformation from someone who sat across from him and said, hope's a dangerous thing. It would drive a man insane. It has no use in this place. Tear him at the end, declaring the hope, declaring that he had dreams of the Pacific. Such a great scene. If institutionalization took Brooks out, then hope planted by Andy saved Red from the same future. If institutionalization took Brooks out, then hope planted by Andy saved Red from the same future. I love what Andy says. He says, remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. That reminds me of 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. <laughs> remember, a good thing never dies. Right now, it might feel like a little kindle in your heart. Maybe there's not much hope, but it's not dead. It's not there. Jesus wants to speak something into your life tonight that says there's a greater story to tell. There's dreams for you. Hope will remain. No matter what happens in life, no matter what tries to institutionalize me, hope will remain because Jesus has put it in there and the devil can't get to that. 
Can I get to that? Jesus has clothed me in salvation. And even if it looks like I've done it all wrong, that I haven't got it all right, I can remember that His is better than mine. And He's put His robe of righteousness on me. My robe doesn't look too flash, but Jesus put His on me. I'm not becoming institutionalized. I pray that you tonight also have that heart. I'm not becoming institutionalized. One day, I hope I can cross the border to heaven. I hope to see my friend Jesus and shake his hand. I hope heaven is as glorious as it has been in my dreams. I hope. I hope. But in the meantime, between me being born in heaven, before I reach heaven and shake Jesus' hand, I have some hope to spread. I got a mission to fulfill. I've got an assignment straight from Jesus. I have some confined spaces I need to go in just so I can dissolve those walls away. Just like when he turned on the music and the walls dissolved away, we have a mandate to dissolve walls, to bring hope into a place. I have a story to share. Hope is the anthem of my soul. Hope's the anthem of my soul. I don't know if you realize, um, but Andy is Jesus. You may have picked that up. Well, he's like Jesus. My wife said, he's not Jesus, Matt. He's like Jesus. Andy's like Jesus. You see, Andy was wrongly charged. He was handed a life sentence, sent to Shawshank Prison. He was mocked, misunderstood, and abused. And even though he wasn't meant to be there, he never let himself play the victim. Never let himself play the victim. Instead, he focused on bringing hope to those around him. The story was meant to go that Andy became institutionalized like every other guy who went through that prison. But Andy chose another story. <laughs> he chose another story. No one was ever meant to be able to escape Shawshank Prison. Andy did it. Andy did it. And he didn't just do it for his freedom. He did it for the freedom of all those he was in there with. He planted hope while he was in there. Come on, that sounds like a familiar story. Jesus was wrongly charged, wrongly charged, sent to die on the cross. Leading to the cross, He was mocked, misunderstood, and abused. Even though the world was against Him, His very friends, His best friends, the disciples had abandoned Him, He chose not to play the victim. Chose not to play the victim. Instead, He turned to the two sinners on the crosses beside Him, and He gave them hope for tomorrow. I may be in this situation, it may not look pretty, but can I tell you, tomorrow you'll be with me in paradise. He shared hope while he was in there. Jesus died on the cross. The headline was meant to be that the devil had won. Devil was already printing his Otago Daily Times. Devil wins. <laughs> He'd sent Jesus to the grave. He'd put Jesus in a checkmate, no comeback on the table. The cross was meant to defeat him. The grave was meant to institutionalize him. But on the third day, <laughs> On the third day, Jesus rose again. He rose from the grave and He didn't just do it for His freedom. He did it for all of our freedom. While He was in there, He was robbing the graves. He said, no, come on. He planted hope for others to get out of their deathbeds and live with hope. That's the joy of our salvation. That's why I wake up in the morning and I have hope on the table. Oh, I love this story. Come on, the devil wants to hand people a life sentence. But Jesus came and mucked up that plan by taking that life sentence on himself. Wrongly charged, 
but he took it on himself. And then he raised to life again to give us hope for eternity. What a story. I wonder where Shawshank Redemption got the story from. <laughs> Could have been the Bible. <laughs> what a great moment. What a great revelation to have that, wow, Jesus took my life sentence. He took my place in Shawshank Prison. And while he was in there, he planted hope. And now I'm free because of that story. Tonight, let's all stand to our feet. If you like to, I welcome you to stand to your feet. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.